Welcome back to Money Blitz TV Podcast. My name is Pierre De La Fortune. Today is June 23rd, 2018. It is Saturday at 2 2 a.m. in the morning. I was about to say 202. (laughs) Man, at, at this time in the morning, the brain starts to do something really loopy and crazy so on today's show i'm supposed to talk to you all about develop a personal relationship with the people you equipped now i read over this and i'm gonna be honest with you all i didn't agree with what john c maxwell was saying in this and i'm gonna tell you you know and i'll I'll paraphrase here and there It says one of the best ways to get to know people is to see them outside of the business world, which I agree with. But then they were saying, you know, you know that people have their guard up when they're at work. So they have this mask on, you know, and this is my terms, not what John C. Maxwell said. But people have this mask on. They have they have their guard up and they're at their best. You know what I'm saying? They're they're portraying and trying to perpetrate and they're trying to give you the best of who they are so then they say when you're building this you know um, relationship with the people that you equipped or the people that you're involved with or that you're building your team with they said to really get to know them you know you gotta be able to be out and about with them like get a drink with them take them to the bar go to the bar with them or Go out to a restaurant. Anything that doesn't have to do with the business world. That's when you really get to know them. And he says, you know, um, try to learn as much about the people when you're not at work with them. And he says, if you can find their hearts, they'll be glad to give you their hands. And... It sounds very manipulative to me as I was reading this because it didn't come from a place of sincerity. It didn't come from a place of being real with someone. It's just like, all right, I'm playing this game with you because I know I can play you. That's that's what I got from this. So this is probably why I prefer not to hire people i just do contractors you know i'll hire someone for a time or i get an intern in here because to me to really understand your business you need to know everything from the basics to the most complicated and the only time you really hire people is when it's something that you're not willing to learn yourself or you just don't have time to learn and you can just throw money at it and that will fix it. At least that put a little band-aid on it. But to really, really understand it, then you won't be able to just throw money at it. You're going to really have to learn it. And I think that's what a lot of people don't want to do. They don't want to learn things and they don't want to like they don't want to develop they rather someone just give it to them. And when you're developing these personal personal relationships, you do have to play the game. But what game are you playing if you're just being yourself and you automatically want to know what they're doing? You automatically want to know how, how did you 
get to this level? How do you feel about working with me on this process or working with me on this project, so on and so forth? See, to me, it comes from a place of, all right, I really need to understand why they wanted to be a part of what I built. And then I need to understand why I want to bring them on board to help me continue to grow what I've already built. See, this is a part of entrepreneurship and business that people never really talk about. People always talk about the money. They always talk about the bottom line. See, that's the corporate structure of when you're dealing with a corporation and you're not dealing with real people. You're dealing with a bunch of fake people. You know, and and what we call suits, the people that's in the suits, they're not really people. They're not the people, um, the people's champ. They're not trying to understand your flaws or what you're going through. They're not trying to understand the art form that you've built. What they're trying to understand is how do we make money? Now, I know this is totally off the subject of develop a personal relationship with the people you equipped. Well, when you're equipping people that are doing contract work and you're a solopreneur, such as myself, I hate to say it, John C. Maxwell, this really doesn't apply to me. And a lot of what, and to me, as I break this down, you know what it reminds me of? Like when you hear people, you know, talk about stuff that they've learned from the Bible or stuff that they say, oh, I've got this from the Bible and I break it down when they go to Bible study and they start to converse with other people in the congregation about, hey, this is what I read about, you know, revelations or this is what I read about so on and so forth. And you're kind of like, all right, dude, but what did you feel from that? Did you start your own church? Did you go into the ministry and or did you just read the book? The, the good, good book of God and the Bible. Did you just read it or and try to regurgitate what you just heard or what you just read and then try to talk? Nah, like, I'm not into that. See, when you're really trying to learn something, then you're really trying to know everything about it. It's like what they said. When you want to run a restaurant, you don't start at the cash register. You don't start with the customers. You start in the back of the house. You start in the kitchen, busting them suds. Roll up your sleeve, get your hands dirty. You clean off the tables. You see what I'm saying? Then you might move up to cooking. Then you might move up to serving. Then you might move up to management. Then one day you finally will own your own restaurant because you started from the bottom. You started where nobody really wanted to start. That's when you know you love it. That's when you know you're passionate about it. Because you're going to do the grunt work that nobody wants to do. See, that's when I know that it's real. You know, and I talked about this before in the podcast, you know. For the longest time, I didn't want to learn the code. I didn't want to learn the design. I didn't want to do none of that for Money Blitz. I didn't want to tape. I didn't want to shoot my own videos. I didn't want to do photography. I didn't want to do none of that. I wanted to pay somebody until I started getting ripped off. Until I started 
understanding, man, these people are just going to take my money. And before I know it, I ain't going to have nothing for them to take. So what did I do? I started taking classes online. I bought my own camera. First camera I bought was a Canon GL2 Canon camera where when I picked when I bought that camera it was from a guy who was a um, he was a he was a wedding photographer who did uh, who did videography with the Canon camera and I knew this what this is what all the film students at the time was pretty much shooting with back in what 2003 2004 when I first got to LA and because I really wanted to understand how business worked and I really wanted to understand entrepreneurship, you know, but I also wanted to really be a director. That's what brought me to California. I wanted to start directing my own films. I didn't know really where to start, but I, I had to learn because people were just taking my money. They were like, oh, you a Wall Street guy? Oh, you're coming from Wall Street? Let me show you how to do this. Oh, let me go ahead and do this for you. And before you knew it, I, I ran through almost easily 80K. Ran through that money so fast, I was like, wow, you know, thank you, Wall Street. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I felt like the biggest idiot. And then that's when I was like, all right, if I really want to know this, then I'm going to have to learn this. So when John C. Maxwell talks about develop a personal relationship with people you equipped, equip yourself. That's the, moral, that's the moral of what I got to say about it. Equip yourself. Don't worry about trying to bring somebody else on to show you how to do this. See, you got to get to that level to be able to do that with someone. But when you starting off with a shoestring budget, you see what I'm saying? Then you can't go out and hire people. Even if you try to be a politician and try to convince people to come work on your campaign, they still won't do it because they're like they're looking at the money. They're looking at the money. So what you got to focus on is the talent. You got to focus on your hard work. You got to focus on building something from scratch. When I built my homemade photo studios, I, I make it a I make it a point. To let people know I built this from scratch With nothing Just what I had in my head I go on Craigslist And see I don't mind giving you the game I don't mind telling you exactly From A to Z how I did it Because I believe That the only way I'm going to be able To give back Is to give you What was given to me and all I had to do was go on YouTube, do some research on some videos, go on Craigslist, put up some ads. See, my journey isn't to develop a personal relationship with the people you equipped. It's for you to equip other people with the knowledge that you have learned. See, this is see, I'm I'm not gonna say my version. Is better than what John C. Maxwell is talking about on June 23rd in this Daily Reader. But what I will say is there's some things that was left out in, in what he was trying to say. And maybe because he's from the old school, he's an older guy. So maybe his mentality is a little different by saying I need to equip these people by having them help me do this or help me do that. But 
in this day and age where you got YouTube, you got Instagram, you got social media, you got Facebook, you got all these tools that you can do everything yourself. Start your own podcast. I did it with Anchor. I'm doing it right now. I'm recording this from my mobile phone on Anchor. And then Anchor uploads it to iTunes. They upload it to Google Play. They upload it to like six different ways for me to get my message out there. And all this is coming from an app. The Money Blitz app is just like that too with fundraising. Especially when you're trying to fundraise in less than 24 hours. You do a little quick 60 second pitch. Put it out there to the masses. Send it to people you know. Or send it to people you don't know. And if people resonate with your story and like they like your storytelling, they like what you're saying, then they'll make a contribution. But they got to like you before they do anything. And you got to be able to tell theirs, tell your story. You got to be able to tell your story and they have to understand it, resonate with it and be like, hey, I don't mind contributing. See, what I'm going to do next month is really get into the fundraising side of this, you all. Really talk the business side of this. But I'm also going to keep doing what I'm doing with the Daily Reader. But I'm going to add more value to this, you all. And I got a teaspoon. Feed this to you. I can't just give you everything, you know, because it'll be overdose. It'll be overload. So I got to, you know, we got to take baby steps. And we got to take this together. You know, I don't even give a damn about me going over my 15 minutes uh, right now because I'm I'm really wanting to get this message out to you all about what I'm what I'm feeling and what I'm saying about developing a personal relationship with the people you equip, but really equipping yourself and really equipping others and you be that bridge. You see what I'm saying? So this is what mentorship is really about. And see, I see how people, when they get to another level, they don't want to bring other people up with them because they too high and they like being up there all by themselves. But you can't stay up there by yourself. You won't, you won't stay at the top that way. So you're going to have to bring other people with you. But you're going to have to be the one to do that. No one's just going to do it because they like you. It doesn't work that way. I wish it did, but it doesn't. It just doesn't, you all. So, as I bring this to a closing, and by the way, I'm going to play some Alan Watt um, after I finish this because what, what y'all hear me playing in the background right now is that Massive Attack um, by Teardrop. You know, and I, I, I want to I go ahead and play this Alan Watt. So, I'm going to do a little remix because I got the Alan Watt that's going to be talking about business. And then I'm going to play the Massive Attack Teardrop in the background. Ain't nobody else done that. You know what I'm saying? This is like my, my version of my DJing. You know what I'm saying? And when I do that, we're going to see how that feels in my outro. So this might go, man, this might go a good 30 minutes, honestly. You know, so y'all don't have to tune in to hear that. But this is the weekend. And this is why, this is how I'm getting my mind right for next month. By making sure that I get the business side Because we got those Money Bliss t-shirts coming We also got that ebook coming We also got the course 
courses coming. We got a lot of things coming. You know, more photo shoots. Now that they got the IGTV, oh man, you know I'm going to be broadcasting this for real. You know, with the IGTV, with what they've done, it's making me really, you know, step my game up with Money Blitz and how I'm going to really create mass appeal in a short amount of time just with the tools that's already out there and that is youtube that is igtv that is facebook you see what i'm saying these are the things that i'm gonna use craigslist still and the reason i'm doing this you all just so just so i can make it clear and break it down for you all so y'all not confused i'm doing this so y'all can know anyone and everyone can do this when I created my homemade studio, it's so you all can see that y'all can do it too. When I went and bought my 5D Mark II Canon camera, I, I, I said, let me get a two and then let me start with a 50 millimeter lens and then I'll move up to 24 to 105 zoom millimeter lens. I'll move up to that. It's baby steps, man. And when I first started recording myself every single day two years ago like in 2015 i was playing with it but in 2016 i got serious and i started recording every day and when my interns didn't want to record with me i recorded by myself for myself and i didn't give a damn about the numbers because i was learning y'all know what i'm about to say the biggest room in life is room for improvement so as I'm learning and I'm improving on my craft, I'm just getting better with time. I'm getting better with time. And so will you. But you got to put the time in. So it is 2.19 a.m. in the morning. As soon as I finish this podcast, y'all know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and I'm going to get on Teespring. And I'm going to upload some designs or better yet, some photos I shot of some women on some T-shirts. And I'm going to start designing the Money Bliss t-shirts for the business models, for the female business models. And then I'm going to profit share with, the, with Teespring and with the business model that, that I photograph. And we're going to sell those shirts, you know, and we're going to make some money that way. Like, this is, this is the online hustle. This is, you know, y'all talk about side hustles. Y'all talk about Uber and all this other stuff. Nah, man. Do something that pertains to you, that you are involved with that show some creativity and some art with business see this is this is where business is going in the future not this so corporate uptight business stuff that y'all see from investment banking <laughs> or from private equity you know when i was on wall street that shit was cute that shit was cool back then in what 1999 2000 2001 you know what i'm saying but once this shit was crashing and uh, you know people start seeing startups you know take off and, and investment banking was in trouble at that point and i know i'm kind of kind of jumping all over the place but i'm saying this because i started to see the change when i was on wall street you know after 9 11 i was like yo you know First, I got a little glimpse of it, you know, when I was doing case studies at Morehouse, you know, on Jeffrey P. Bezos. And I'll never forget, like, yo, like, they're going to be buying books online? Really? Then you, people was like, oh, the Kindles are fell. And now I'm about to release 
my ebook on Kindle. Do y'all understand how how dope that is and how deep that is? Like people were shitting on Kindle. They were shitting on Kindle, you all. They were like, oh, Amazon, Kindle, that's that's gonna be trash. Now you can print your own book? What? Like I'm about to print a Money Blitz blueprint book so I can show you all the blueprint. I'm going to do that. I got four days that I'm waiting for them to finish up my format, the design. I already wrote it. You know what I'm saying? This is this is next level. This is for self. This ain't for no numbers. This ain't for no, like, oh, let me get on Instagram and brag and show them how I got these beautiful models and how I worked on Money Bliss. How I got this app I'm about to release, you know, next month. Um, the Android version. I already got the iOS version. I'm already in the app store. Yeah, I could be bragging about all that. But how is that going to benefit you? It's not. It's not. So why, I'm, why, I'm, why will I focus on that? I won't. What I'll focus on leading by example. See, while these other people are talking about it, I'm doing it. And that's the difference. I lead by example, man. Lead by example. Be the example. What did Gandhi say? Be, be the change that you want to see in the world, right? Everybody want to talk about, oh, look what this person's doing. Look what this person's doing. Nah, 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 nah. Focus on what you're doing. Stay in your lane. Create your lane. And y'all heard me say, go off road if you got to. That's what I'm doing right now. There's no structure to my podcast. There's no structure or no method to my madness. I'm just doing what I love and what I'm passionate about. That's it. And I'm, fav- I'm talking about my favorite subject, which is usually me and how hard I work. And then I don't only talk about it. I show you. Anyway, I don't want to keep rambling on, you know, and feeling like that I'm not reaching you all. But what I will say is, forget what John C. Maxwell is talking about. Develop a personal relationship with the people you equipped. Develop a personal relationship with yourself. And then you equipped others. This is the remix version, damn it. Money Bliss TV podcast. This is Pierre De La Fortune. As usual, have a great day and God bless. I hate everything to do with it, accounting, uh, figuring, adding up numbers, because they're all arid. They don't smell of anything. Uh, Sometimes there's an interesting smell to the ink on a checkbook. But by and large, all this figuring is a completely colorless occupation. I don't like it. So I have to hand it over to accountants and lawyers and the people who seem to like it. But I don't know whether they really do. The essential principle of business, of occupation in the world is this. Figure out some way in which you get paid for playing. When I was uh, quite young, 
I forget the exact age, I made a solemn vow, which was that I would never accept a job. I would always be my own employer. And curiously, there are very few roles in life which uh, provide this possibility. The successful artist, writer, and sometimes musician, sometimes the independent consultant, can occupy this role. I mean, he may be a scientific consultant. But by and large, almost everybody seems to be compelled to take a job with a corporation. It's very difficult indeed these days to run a small business where you're your own boss. Because you have to employ an enormous staff of people to keep track of the paperwork. I know a person, for example, who has a farm where he raises avocados. And the Department of Commerce visited him with a stack of forms this thick, which he had to fill, to fill in. Well, he got tough and said, I haven't the faintest idea what to fill into these forms. And he said to the agent of the Department of Commerce, you fill them in. And he made that man sit down and go through the whole procedure of filling in these forms. Because he said, I don't have the time. I'm raising avocados, that's my business. And as to all this paperwork, what the hell with it? And the same situation prevails not only in business, but also in the university and in the hospital. One of my favorite doctors told me the other day that he spends only one third of his working hours practicing medicine. The rest is in recording accounting, filling in reports, and it's the same in every hospital, paperwork endlessly, because the record of what you do is more important than what you do, write it down and then it's real, and so for the same reason, a lot of people don't believe they exist until they see their activities reported in the newspaper. A lot of juvenile delinquents commit crimes just to get attention. They'll get recorded. It's like you go to a party, you know, it's a picnic on the beach, and it's great fun. And somebody says, what a shame it is that nobody has a camera. Well, now, I should talk, because at this moment, uh, we are recording <laughs> what's going on, both on tape record and on TV. And remember that it takes as long to view it or to listen to it as it does to do it. And who's going to listen to all this over and over again? So there's something fundamentally wrong here and which the businessman of all people needs to understand. What the businessman needs to know, equally, what the army officer needs to know, is the same. What do you really want? I have proposed 
that uh, there be an entirely new kind of college entrance examination in which instead of answering a lot of silly questions you write for about 20 pages on your idea of paradise it can be any kind of paradise you want it can be very spiritual it can be very sensuous but spell it out what do you want to happen in life and then you will hand this thesis in to an assigned tutor on the faculty and he'll read it over and examine you closely as to whether this is what you really want. Do you realize, for example, what goes with the things you say you desire? I mean, for example, you uh, want to marry a certain kind of beautiful woman and you specify in your paper the characteristics she should have. But, says the tutor, you said absolutely nothing about her mother. Her mother. Because every girl goes with a mother. I mean, unless she's an orphan. And you must also specify what kind of mother-in-law you want. Well, then you have to stop and think about that. And that's just an illustration of going into detail and being very careful about what you desire. Because it's a good saying, be careful of what you desire. You may get it. <laughs> so this is the problem of thinking out carefully where it is that you want to go. Now let's take the war in Vietnam, which was supposed to be concluded. What on earth was it all about? If we had gone with military pomp and might into Vietnam for the express purpose of conquering the country and possessing it and carrying off the women into captivity, it would have been understandable. But as it was, uh, it was waged for some absolutely abstract end, namely the stoppage of an ideology called communism. Nobody knows what communism is, nor do we know what capitalism is. But we can fight endlessly on the supposition that there are good guys and bad guys. And when we fight on that supposition, there is no possibility of compromise or of gentleman's agreement. As there is honor among thieves. We're all thieves, let's face it. There is a doctrine in the Jewish religion that when God created Adam, he put into him a spirit which is called the Yetzahara, and that means the wayward spirit, or what I call the element of irreducible rascality. And that is in us all. Uh, a little bit. It's not the whole of us. It's like just a pinch of salt in the stew. And you don't want the whole stew to be salt. But you have to have just a touch of rascality to be human. And I find it difficult to get along with people who don't know that they have it. People who come on that they're all sincere, all good, all pure, bore me to death and scare me. Because <laughs> they, they're unconscious of themselves and therefore they suddenly do terrible things without warning.
either to themselves or to others. They make promises that they're never going to fulfill because they want to talk right. And so, if I do business with someone who is not really aware that he's a rascal, I know he's impossible to do business with. He'll suddenly cheat me completely. But if I'm aware that he's a bit of a shyster, I feel comfortable. And I let him know that I am too. Then we're human. Then we can let our hair down. Then we can say, look, let's work this out. This is what I want. And I know what you want. And if we can get that clear, we can work out a reasonable agreement. We can compromise. We have a little play of give and take. But if you don't have that, you're absolutely snarled. Now look at it this way. You can't operate business nowadays without a whole team of lawyers. And what is the function of lawyers? They are to write down the rules of the game so that we have what is called the rule of law. A lot of people talk today about law and order and uh, how it's got to be upheld. Now, what does that actually mean? It means that all organizations, uh, business corporations, bureaucratic government corporations, even churches, are going by the book. They are operating according to a manual. And in many corporations, uh, individuals have constantly to consult some sort of manual to know what they should do instead of using their own good sense. This doesn't work. It means that an organization is entirely different from an organism. You, each one of you, are an organism. A very, very complicated organism. Which your nervous system uh, facilitates, let's use that nasty word. And you don't know how you do it. You couldn't begin to describe how your nervous system works. And even neurologists don't know how it works. And yet it works reasonably well. Because your brain can handle an unknown number of variables. A variable is any identifiable process, such as breathing, such as the circulation of the blood, such as the secretions of the glands, such as the digestive system, and so on and so on. Now, you operate those all day without knowing how you do it. There are no, there's no book of rules according to which you do this. So in the same way, if a corporation 
is to be a true organism as distinct from an organization. It must be based on the principle of mutual trust and not on law. Because if you can't trust other people, you cannot have a community, not even a corporation. It's risky, very risky to trust other people, because they may let you down. But on the whole, if you do trust them, the chances are perhaps, what, 60 to 40, maybe a little more, maybe 75 to 25, that the system will work, simply because they're trusted. And as soon as you've got a system where, for example, in a supermarket, <coughs> there are mirrors all over the place, TV cameras watching everything, all kinds of checks on the cashiers that they won't sneak off with something. You've got a system that increasingly won't work because nobody will want to work there. One of the major reasons for hippies and dropouts is that human beings don't want to work under conditions like that because they are mechanical conditions and the mechanism is quite distinct from the organs because the mechanism is arranged on linear plans the book whereas the organism transcends that we don't know how that means we can't write down how because it's more complicated than any form of writing can express. Now, the computer speeds up linear calculation to a terrific extent, but it still comes nowhere near the capacity of the human brain. And so this is something that has to be recognized as a principle. Now let me give another illustration of it. Every corporation employs a number of people in research. Let's take IBM. They have a huge center down near San Jose where they have a research staff. And one of the first things they had to recognize is that you can't put creative research people under the clock. You've got to trust creative research people to fool around, to sit about, drink coffee or maybe whiskey and scratch their heads and look at blackboards and uh, play. And then suddenly, zingo, some interesting result will occur. But if you make them punch clocks, and if you say these are the things that you've got to discover, it won't work. So the corporation has to make an act of faith in its research personnel. It has to say, we recognize you have an amazing gift called brains. We don't know what these are, but it seems that in the past you've uh, been fruitful. 
And so we're going to employ you to do your thing, whatever that happens to be. And we'll make an act of faith. And invariably, if they make that act of faith, it will work. Some fantastic idea will come out. Not perhaps the idea you expected. In fact, it may not even apply to your particular business. But you could always sell it to somebody else. Now then, let me go. This is a fundamental principle. There cannot be community. There cannot be cooperation. And therefore, there cannot be commerce. Which really, broken down, means being merciful to each other. There cannot be commerce without mutual trust. I mean, there are even insurance companies called mutual trust. <laughs> but it just can't happen. The society at the moment is mutual mistrust. And therefore, it becomes increasingly difficult to do anything. Business is inhibited by the lack of free enterprise. Well, that sounds very right-wing. But actually, fascist states, corporate states, totalitarian states, are utterly against free enterprise. So let's push this a little further. St. Paul said that the laborer is worthy of his hire. And uh, I, as a philosopher, mere philosopher, um, you know, dealing in higher things, always insist that I be paid for my work. And I get the highest fee I can get. People say, well, you're just out for money. I say, that's none of your business. Because I give most of it away. My own needs being extremely simple. Although I enjoy good food, I don't even own a television set. And, uh, you know, it's a very simple life. But I've got enough. And enough is as good as a feast. You see, a lot of people don't feel happy unless they have another thing beyond money, which is called status. And status, to a very large extent in our economy, consists in conspicuous consumption. In having this thing and that thing and the other thing, in having a swimming pool, a uh, Ferrari, uh, a certain kind of clothes and uh, a certain kind of house with an enormous round style picture window and so on and so on and so on. And we think uh, we need all that because we've been persuaded by a certain kind of propaganda that that's how we ought to live. Because we haven't asked ourselves whether that was what we really want. In other words, we've been propagandized into thinking what we wanted. I remember my daughter when she was in high school, number one daughter, who's now become very sensible, uh, <laughs> insisted that she had to have a certain number of cashmere sweaters. In those days, I couldn't afford them. I said, my dear, do you really want these? Or is it just that um, you've been reading ads in the magazine or listening to the other children? Because you see, schools are places where you send your child to be brought up by other children. 
Therefore, they get a kind of lowest common denominator of culture. <laughs> so they all think they got to have this. They got to have that. And uh, they don't really want it. If they sat back and considered, do I need all that? Is this trip really necessary? They would come to the conclusion that it wasn't. And that would be very important because they would save energy. You all know, of course, that we are nearing an energy crisis. That there is not enough physical energy going to be available for all the things we think we're supposed to do. You're rushing around and so on. So, we need to take towards commerce a more relaxed attitude. Man, <laughs> Alan Watts always brings the truth. And I love listening to people when they speak the truth and they walk in their truth. And that's what you're going to get from the Money Bliss podcast. Me speaking my truth, walking in my truth, and also listening to other people such as the great Alan Watts, who to me is or was like a modern day philosopher. So, all right. I hope y'all enjoyed the podcast today. Y'all already heard me do my shout out. So, in closing, you'll be listening to me in another 24 hours. Enjoy your Saturday. And I'll talk to y'all later. God bless. Mm-hmm.